Welcome to Paris and Bazcast, where we answer your property and finance-related questions. And here's this week's topic with your hosts, Gurdev and Anmol Singh. And welcome back to Season 2, Episode 2 of Paris and Bazcast, our weekly live stream uh, episodes where we bring to you a number of guest speakers to talk about topics that impact property management, sales and finance, the three services we provide here. And the topic of discussion today is federal budget and its impact on uh, the property market and specifically the three groups that we are seeing a lot of the policies for. Uh, First term buyers, the uh, single um, parent households and the downsizes and what sort of policies have been introduced for that. So hello to everyone coming on. Do feel free to send us a message if you have any questions while we are starting our discussions, if there's anything that we can answer while we are live. The person, the specialist that we have with us today is Manny Manjot or Manjot Singh. Welcome. Welcome. Hey guys. From West Hill Partners. After uh, a long time, huh? It has <laughs> been, exactly. So he has joined us probably a, a twice before, yeah. a number of different... Uh, yeah, about a year yeah, yeah. So uh, this is all back again, and uh, it's good to have you back in the office because last time it was on um, uh, on Zoom. So great to have you with us in person uh, to discuss a very important topic. Even it was only introduced last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, some of the policies. So this, whatever we're going to be discussing, comes into effect from first of July, so next financial year. Uh, but there's been a lot of uh, debate and a lot of conversation about the the policy. So let's let's start. Yeah. And I think it's um just. Adding on to that, it's worth mentioning that none of this is um, financial advice. Exactly. It doesn't constitute financial advice. <laughs> it is opinion-based. We're just providing some information, yeah. um, passing it on from the government through to everybody else through us. Yeah. Um, so coming out of COVID, you know, I was reading an article the other day in The Economist. Mm-hmm. It said, um, basically, look, if you look at the history um, of the entire world and the universe, mm. um, normally when there's been pandemics, mm. Um, countries that are richer, we would say, you know, Australia is a richer country. Mm-hmm. They come out of it in a way where they go through a post-pandemic boom. Okay. And the boom is such that it, like, you know, the GDP growth and everything, um, it tends to be, uh, you would say, faster and larger than what it was before the pandemic. And the um, main reason for that is primarily because during the pandemic, you've got opportunity to save you know, there were lockdowns, people couldn't really go out, so people had a, had a lot of um, savings up their sleeves. The government was announcing all these grants and stuff, which was adding on to the savings, you know. Hmm. Um, which is true. We, we, yeah. we can see on the real estate market, the way it's rebounded, the way it's come from last yeah. June, July. It's unbelievable, the growth we see in the real estate sector over the yeah. biggest, probably in the last 50 years. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So we can say um, Australia is on the verge of a post-pandemic boom. Yeah. People are going out there and spending, mm. right? Um, I've, I've seen a lot of clients, they're coming to with me with opportunities of how they want to do business like this year, next year, like new business opportunities are coming around mm-hmm. or right, we've come out of this. What is, what is it there in the market that we can tap into? Yeah. You know, so spending has increased, um, like businesses are doing, a, um, business owners are doing a lot of things to, um, tap into those areas. And the other thing is obviously like when you're going through a post pandemic boom, the government then tries to step in and, you know, have their own input into all of this. So that's what they've primarily done Mm -hmm. with this whole budget um, this time around. It's about rebuilding Australia's economy, getting people to spend more, um, getting people to do more business, and obviously they're targeting the unemployment rate as well. So part of the um, 
like I guess you've already mentioned there are three things that we'll discuss, mm -hmm. but part of um, rebuilding this Australia's economy, I just want to say that the budget didn't really touch on negative gearing as it, it has done in the past. Okay. It didn't really touch on capital gains this time around. Um, there have been tax cuts and I think that it's worth mentioning them as well. So um, individuals earning between 48 grand and 90 grand mm -hmm. will get a tax offset of $1,080. So $1,080, that was there before, but it's been reintroduced re yeah. re this time around. If you're earning less than 48, then you still get some sort of a benefit, but it's not the full amount of the 1,080. And if you're earning more than $126,000, that's where it stops. So 48 to 90, you get the maximum um, tax boost and it, it's substantial. I mean, it's $1,080. They're mm. putting billions of dollars into this. Mm. Um, as far as businesses are concerned, we'll come to, we'll come to property because yep. that's our main one. But as yep. far as businesses are concerned, it's worth mentioning that as well, that they're allowing you to claim your assets to the entire amount. You can write off your assets again yep. for the next two years. Is there a threshold on that? On the how much they can write off? They haven't really mentioned the threshold okay. yet. So yeah. um, obviously, it's still still got to go through the legislation and um, approvals right. and everything. Yeah. Okay. And they're allowing you know what the other interesting one as far as businesses is concerned is they're allowing you to deduct your COVID losses. Mm -hmm. So if you had any losses losses during the period uh, during the COVID period, you can um, offset them against previous year profits. Okay. I personally don't know how that's going to work yeah. um, in terms of compliance and paperwork. Yeah. But if you've had a loss, any business owner that's had a loss during the COVID um, financial year, mm -hmm. they can deduct it um, with their Against previous year's profits. The year so, wow. so that's a big boost there. All right, so we'll come to property. Now, um, the first one, family home guarantee. This is the new one that's been announced. Mm -hmm. What that's doing, it's, it's allowing um, single parents they have to be Australian citizens. Mm -hmm. I think it's worth mentioning that as well. Yep. That's always a question that gets asked. <laughs> yeah. And yep. both, uh, uh, well, actually, this is single parent part, single, yeah. but uh, we'll come to the other part. But So the single parent has to be an Australian citizen, um, dependents under 16 years old, mm -hmm. but they have to be earning less than $125,000 annually. To be, qual to be qualified. To be qualified. Okay. So mm -hmm. what, it, what is it? Um, you only need to come up with a 2% deposit Wow. And yep. you can buy your house. You know, you can buy a... 2% deposit. Yeah. So it's your first house. And with single parents, if they've been married before in the past and they've been divorced and um, they've had a house while they were married, they still classify as a first-home buyer under this scheme. Oh, wow. wow. Okay, so they get a double Yeah, so it's a 2% deposit. But So what that means is government's guaranteeing the um, 18%. So it's normally a 20% deposit. Yeah. So the LMI, government's yeah. guaranteeing the 18%. Um, so there's no LMI. Yeah. But the important thing to note is, like, it does sound, you know, fascinating, mm. but you still got to make sure that you have the serviceability there to be able of to service, service that 18% as well. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the banks do yeah. pass this on as well, what serviceability tests there are. As mm. well. Yeah. How and how many places they'll be offered and will be the waiting list with the major banks. Because I remember with the last scheme that was announced, not all the banks were on board. Yeah. So let's see. Which so hasn't nothing's been announced at this no, point. No, it's yeah, mm. early days. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, it's obviously providing um, single parents to be able to get a house. Yeah, because owning a house carries its own, you know, social and economic benefits and security. Mm. You can leverage off your house and you know inject more into the economy. You can start spending more in the future. Yeah, yeah. So you know, they're 
obviously I'm doing this to boost the economy. Mm. And how, how many do we know? Like, is there a number? Of how yes, many there is. So this, I mean, that's interesting. There's 10,000 places they've just opened up. They're going to open up from the 1st of July this year, mm -hmm. but they're going to run that over four years. So that means wow. two and a half grand mm -hmm. of places every year. Mm -hmm. And there's been debate around the fact, is this substantial? You know, it's not okay. like it's an, like... If you so get, only 2,500 yeah. will qualify per year for the next four years? Yeah. Okay. And um, I guess you'll have to go on a waiting list. Waiting list, and that's what happened last year with the other deposit scheme. The waiting mm -hmm. list, you've got to wait sometimes two, three, four months as well before you get a place. Yeah. And then you yeah. find the property, you've got a certain time period. So Yes, yeah. it's a great carrot to be dangling, <laughs> but <laughs> to be able to but get to it. If you do qualify, yeah. you get the benefit and you get the stamp duty concession as a first-time buyer. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I was um, like just came to my mind. So if a single parent's earning less than one hundred and twenty-five thousand mm. dollars, because that's the threshold. Yeah. How much of a loan can they get? That's right. You know. What is it? What What would it be? <laughs> <laughs> so that will come down to how many dependents you have, yeah. your living expenses, yeah. your other liabilities. Yeah. So yeah. there's a number of factors how much you can borrow at the end yeah. of the day. The reason I said that was because I said, all right, maybe five hundred thousand dollars, six hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. But can you buy anything in a city such as Sydney for that much? That's yeah. right. So then Maybe you look at average. Yeah, then you look at it, are they trying to push people out of the cities? True. Because someone that's going to get their first home through this scheme, a single parent, I don't think they'll be able to afford anything with $125,000 as far as serviceability is concerned. Yeah, correct. Because mm. yeah. you still have to service the 18% that the government's guaranteeing. Mm. Yeah. So you are, the serviceability is on 98%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the serviceability mm. is on 98%. Mm. And... Okay. Um, you have to continue to live in that home um, for as long as um, you're using that scheme. So, mm -hmm. right, if you're okay. still if you're still accessing so that scheme, no, no, that's no, not that's a lady waiting. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, if you're still accessing that scheme, you got to live in that house for that long. So, or you can go like two years later. So, you can refinance. Assuming, yeah. 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 So it all comes down to how you refinance later. Mm -hmm. But if you don't refinance, you've got that initial loan. Mm -hmm. Where the eighteen percent um, was guaranteed by the yeah. government, you still have to continue to live that home because the government has guaranteed. Guaranteed. It. So you got to basically wait on capital appreciation before yeah. you can refinance to yeah, another yeah, level. To unlock, yeah, to, yeah, to, unlock. To, yeah, to unlock that eighteen percent. Eighteen percent. Yeah. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's one. Ten thousand places to two and a half thousand every year. Yep. The second one um, is already in place. It was there the last time around, which is. Not just single parents, singles and couples mm -hmm. will just have to come with a up with a five percent deposit, and they can go out there and um, buy an existing home or a new home. So that was already there. So they were going to open those ten thousand applications from first of July. But what they've added is they've added another ten thousand. So ten plus ten now twenty thousand. Mm -hmm. But the extra ten thousand that they've added is just for new homes. Okay. Right. So they're trying to stimulate yeah. the purchase yeah. of newer properties as opposed to recirculating the other. Absolutely. So you'll have 20,000 spots this year from the 1st of July, 10,000 for existing homes and 10,000 for Ford. new homes mm -hmm. where you just have to come up with 5% deposit and um, yeah, the 15% is guaranteed. And again, those same rules apply that you have to be Australian citizen mm -hmm. if you're a single and if there's two of you, mm -hmm. both, you have, both. both have to be. Um, Australian citizens. So that's the first time. What's that scheme called? First. So that that was called the um, the home loan deposit scheme. Uh -huh. They're calling it the new home guarantee because it's just applicable for new homes. The extra okay. ten thousand um, 
So you've got a family home guarantee mm. and a new home guarantee. Mm. Family home guarantee, single parents, 2% deposit. Mm. New home guarantee, mm. singles and couples, but 5% deposit and only on new homes to access that extra 10,000. Which is a stimulating construction yeah. as yeah. well. And you have to be a genuine first-home buyer. Mm -hmm. So you, you can't have any title under your name or any interest in any property anywhere in Australia. Previously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it has to be... You have to be generally has to be a um, uh, it has to be a first home, mm -hmm. yeah. Basically, so those are the two stimuli um, for, for first home buyers. There's another one which is the first home superannuation scheme. Mm -hmm. It was already there, but again they've added on to the thresholds and the caps. Mm -hmm. So the first home superannuation scheme was you can contribute fifteen thousand dollars a year before tax or after tax, non concessional or concessional, into your um, super fund, mm -hmm. right? And you can tell your super fund that you're contributing this 15k just for home loan deposit saving purposes. Okay. So then you can access it or withdraw when it right. when the time comes yeah. to um, pay your deposit for your first home. Mm -hmm. Again, it has to be a first home. But um, I think it's worth mentioning like before tax or after tax, you can decide whether you want to claim the deduction and pay tax at 15%. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, again, it's fascinating because you only pay tax on 15% the moment it goes into the super fund. Mm. Or you can do a non-concessional contribution, which is after tax, mm -hmm. and there's no tax applicable on that. How much you can withdraw? Mm. In the past, you could withdraw $30,000 if you're a single, sixty if you're a couple. Mm -hmm. But they've just raised the caps there. You can now withdraw $50,000 mm. from, from your super, super mm -hmm. to put towards your deposit Purchase. for your first oh, wow. home. Yeah, yeah, because if we have a look at some of the stats of how long it's actually taking someone to save Same. a deposit with the level of growth that we've had, yeah. it, the first home buyers feel that it's just going to take them a lifetime yeah. to be able to yeah. save because they've yeah. just about got that 10% yeah. or 20% and now the prices have gone up and that percentage changes. So again. what I see is a sub 1 million mark, the market will only go will be stimulated yeah. increase. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think the main point they're trying to address is um, the... The, the prices which you've just mentioned mm. you know mm. they're off the roofs yeah. and um mm. i don't think um, this will stimulate it more yeah, I, think I don't i don't yeah. think especially in cities like sydney like you know in the urban areas i don't think people are able to afford with the current prices mm. yeah. and um you guys will have more on that yeah uh, but but yeah they're trying to encourage people to step into the market mm. so they can leverage off their houses and boost the economy somehow that's right yeah so obviously yeah. the construction side of it that's why they're stimulating the new purchases because the building, building. of it is going to be generating yeah. more jobs uh, which is definitely critical. Yeah. So now then the other part of it which is increasing supply because right now what we're seeing yeah. is there's increased demand all of this will stimulate demand naturally because there's more interest in the market. But at the same time, some of the ways that they're trying to increase supply is the, the downsizes. So let's talk about that. Yep, absolutely. So I'll, I'll come to that in a second because I forgot to mention an interesting point is mm. people don't know, uh, most people don't know that when they pull out their savings, mm -hmm. their deposit savings from their super, they get taxed. Right? Okay, yeah. So the, so the withdrawals do get taxed, you yeah. know. Um, as an example, if your marginal rate's 32.5%, mm -hmm. right, and, um, um, you know, you've got 2% Medicare levy, let's say, so you're paying 34.5% tax, you'll get a 30% offset for the withdrawal 
So if you're withdrawing in that sort of an income tax bracket, you're up for 4.5% tax. Okay. So it's not the full amount yeah. that you're actually accessing. We've got yeah. a question here from Rajiv. What about self-managed super? Yeah, are there any? I mean, you can contribute yeah. towards your self-managed super. And you can extract the same way. Extract, so you can, yeah, self-managed yeah. super and um, industry super funds, um, they haven't really put a rule there around. Because um, self-managed super fund, they'll behave the same way as an industry super fund. But yes, you get to have your own investment strategies in place. What do you want to do with that money? Mm, right. Mm. But, and, um, but you can't really do anything with the money that you've saved specifically for the home loan deposit or mm-hmm. the, the home deposits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What you've put in has to be taken out only for home purposes. Or you can even, I mean, leave it there. Mm. You're still subject to the normal non-concessional and concessional contribution caps. Mm. You can leave the money there if you decide, oh, I no longer want to withdraw it. Mm-hmm. And if you're a self-managed super fund, you can do something with that money and invest somewhere else. Oh, right. So you can purchase through super, which is always a possibility anyway. Yeah. So purchasing it through super, which yeah. remains through super, which is a great investment opportunity. Happy to discuss that. I think that requires a topic in itself, yeah. Yeah. investing through super. So we'll definitely bring back yeah. that to you. So, Rajiv, also has a few other questions. So are there any grants available for investment purchase? Look, we're still going through the budget in detail. It's just been announced last week. But what I've read from a um, housing perspective or a property perspective, mm-hmm. there isn't much there. Okay. Like I said, capital gains or negative gearing, they haven't really addressed that. And there that's what that's mm-hmm. what um, investors would really like to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got another question from Kunal. What is the amount? So I think what he's trying to say is what's the minimum amount that we can withdraw from super there is no minimum okay um the maximum you can withdraw is the fifty thousand. maximum is 50 no minimum yeah yeah it used to be 30 now it's 50 okay so that's what's increased and is there any benefits for people on pr look i don't think so (laughs) this one specifically that we've just been going through yes Okay. Um, the first time superannuation scheme yeah you don't really you don't have to be an australian citizen Completely. First home superannuation. So where scheme, you're saving where you're in saving. your super for a home home deposit or a home loan deposit? Yeah. Say, yep. You can be a permanent resident and there be able to access it. There right. you go. Great question. Thank you. And all right, your point, like, um, yeah. The question you just the asked. Supply. The, the supply, How do we increase the supply. Yeah. Look. Um, yes, we've been focusing on demand. The government has tried to address supply. But I've read um, testimonials and opinions from economists, and they they're saying they're all saying it really hasn't been addressed to the to the um, you know to the greatness it should have been. Yeah. Um, so the downsizer is, is is what is what we're talking about. Mm. So again, this um, has been available in the past as well, but they've just dropped the age threshold. Mm-hmm. So in the past, if you were above sixty five years old, you could sell your family home mm-hmm. and contribute up to $300,000 into your super. Okay. It was an opportunity for, for investors that are asset rich and cash poor. Mm-hmm. Because I say that because you already have an opportunity to contribute up to $100,000 anyway as a non-concessional contribution, and that's available to anyone. Mm-hmm. But you will only do that if you have the cash. Yeah. Where do you right? get the money from? Where do you get the money yeah. from? Yeah. Um, so this, this is providing um, those that were above 65 and that's been changed. Mm-hmm. It's now if you're 60 and over. Mm-hmm. So if you're, um, so in a way it's saying, all right, you can plan early for retirement. Yep. If you think by retirement, you'll need extra 
funds available in your super fund and you haven't got any money now on your hands, mm. you can sell your family home maybe because it's a big house. You don't need it anymore. Yep, empty nesters, yep. Yeah, right? Mm. And um, you can sell it, the um, cash that you get from a 300K thousand up to that amount, you can contribute it into your super. And what impact does that have on your super is another topic, mm. you know, because mm. that'll get added to your balance in the mm. super. Then does it affect your pension? Yes, it does. Mm. To what extent? Mm. Exactly. So and in return, could, this could free up households. Yeah, well, that's what that's yeah. what it's all about. That's yeah. what they're trying to target is to how do they incentivize those that have lived in their property for a long or the the fact yeah. the the age group how yeah. though how can they get access to those larger homes for younger families to move in? Yeah. So incentive is sell your property, contribute towards super, yeah. um, and then there's a whole heap of other things that come. Yeah, up well, with that. look, every everything has its own you know implications and conditions, but. Yeah. Again, yeah, it is It is um, worth mentioning that they're trying to increase supply by doing this, mm. but how much supply is going to increase yeah, versus demand? Um, there's a stat here saying, because um, this scheme's been there for a couple of years now, mm-hmm. over two years, there's only been 9,000 people that have actually sold homes across Australia because. and contributed to the super. Wow. Mm. Right? They haven't, there hasn't been much, mm. you know, mm. but... By dropping that age from 65 to 60, will that change things? That's right. It most likely will, mm. but what sort of an impact is it? Is it really going to have? Mm. And um, I think there's a question. That yeah. Is it 50K per person if purchasing with partner? Uh, no, that, then it's 100K. There you go. So, so yeah. there you go, Kunal. So 100K. Yeah. yeah so it's, it's it is 50K per person. Per person, yeah. It, it was 630K per person. Yeah. Now it's 50K. 50K so per person. You can unlock $100,000 of... Uh, Super yeah. savings mm. to be able to purchase, which is to be able to yeah, which has been one of the major concerns, I guess, to be able to buy a property to get yeah. coming up with that deposit, trying to avoid yeah. the LMI as much as possible. Yeah. Where using possible. the parent, parent guarantee yeah. loans as well. Yeah, and it's, it's worth it's mentioning um, if um, obviously if the downsizers are selling, you know, they're selling, and um, that also provides an opportunity for investors. Mm-hmm. to tap into those homes, maybe knock down and rebuild. Mm. They might rebuild townhouses, particularly multiple. in multiple or particularly in urban areas. Mm. So the effect on supply could be twofold. Mm. So you could have double the effect on supply. Exactly. So if you they've know. got multiple, yeah, if they're building again and yeah. providing more supply, yeah. then definitely. Provided you are able to... Um, demolish rebuild yeah there's the whole process for that i was at at um a uh event yesterday where they were disclosing um you know the level of supply that's coming up in the hills district for example there's uh it's four times more than what it was the approvals of especially for units and for commercial properties um in the hills district that have come into play which means more supply um, and obviously a more stabilization yeah. of the market. But in saying that, we will be bringing to you another um, infographic yeah. at another stage, which um, is a the property clock, which shows how the property, uh, you know, from being from starting to rise to the actual peak and, and so on, so starting to decline and absolute bottom of the market and so on. It actually, from my experience, from what I've seen, it takes anywhere from sort of two to five years for that movement of the clock from one point to the other. So we've got good up to at least five years of growth still coming up in the market. Yes, it may not be at the crazy levels, you know, of 15%, 10% and whatnot, but there is still 
time for mm. the growth, which means anyone that's buying now is already ahead of the game in the next couple of years because they've uh, um, come up with that. Could someone? Uh, okay, no problems, Rajiv. We will uh, we will be in touch with you to discuss further offline uh, to answer further questions. Not a so. Problem. I think um, yeah, we've covered everything that yeah. we needed to. Yeah. Um, we've gone into a bit of depth as well. Mm. But like, yeah, I personally believe because um, house prices are going up, mm. I'm probably in a way where it shouldn't be that much. So they are trying to increase supply. But at the same time, they're trying to push demand as well. Mm, so, like, e- like, like economics, you know, it's, it'll only you'll only come to know when when things actually happen. Yeah, and mm. there's always a lag, even with monetary policy. Like yeah. when they change the interest rates, what actually happens is a matter. You know, it, it takes a while for the effect to come into uh, yeah. play into the actual economy. So all of these things are, um, you know, yeah. dependent on time, mm-hmm. and the impact is seen only afterwards. But it's it's great to be able to discuss. The uh, you know what, what's yeah. what's mm-hmm. happening, what the speculation is, and where it actually ends up. Um, but yeah, I think we're in a, in a great market. So yeah, um, I think uh, to end things, all of us in Australia are lucky to be living here Absolutely. because um, what the whole the rest yeah. of the world, especially, um, um, I mean, we shouldn't be using that word, especially um, you know in countries that haven't got much GDP growth mm. every year, but you know they're suffering at the moment especially yep. India and Brazil and everyone else. Mm-hmm. And whereas where Australia is about to go through a post-pandemic boom, it's mm. coming, mm. you know, exactly. because they've, they've got vaccination, vaccination measures in place. They've got lockdown measures. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're behaving in a way that they're not going to let the virus come here. True. So, so we're um, blessed. Yeah, we're, lucky we're, we're blessed. We're blessed. Keep on real estate. That's it. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time, guys. Next week, we will be joined by Michael Bergia from Novak Properties to discuss all things commercial. Why buy commercial and who actually buys commercial? I did a, um, a poll yesterday with um, asking uh, on our story. So do follow our stories because we do always have some interesting facts there. Asking the question whether people would be interested in knowing more about commercial or residential unit projects. I think commercial is something that people might think that it's only a certain type of group of mm. people that buy and not everyone can buy. So we're going to be breaking that down next week. Michael Berger from Novak Properties will be joining us to discuss that in more detail. Thank you, Thank Angel, you. for joining Thanks us for once me. again and providing us with, uh, uh, you know, your um, sharing your words of wisdom. Let's, uh, no, let's it, was, see. it was great to be one of the first. Exactly. This again. That's yeah. it. And you're back here Bigger again. And, <laughs> uh, and if there's any suggestions for future topics that you'd like us to cover, please feel free to send us a, a message afterwards as well. We'll be more than happy to answer. And if you if you can recommend anyone that should be coming here as a guest speaker to discuss um, a specialist topic, we're happy to welcome them also. Thank you very much, Thank guys, guys, for watching. Guys. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel for weekly episodes. See you guys next time.